Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Blaster Cannon. We are a Den of Geek podcast about Star Wars and mostly just Star Wars. I am one of your hosts, Seth. <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Mostly Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and with me are my co-hosts, Megan and Paul. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so today we are talking about Forces of Destiny Season 2 as our main topic, which is the animated series on YouTube about Star Wars Girls, which is really cool. We're also going to be covering a bit of news, talking a little bit about the last Jedi novel by Jason Fry, and also the other the special features on the last Jedi Blu-ray, that thing. That's what we're also going to be talking about. So first up, we've got news. There's a Thrawn Alliances novel excerpt that came out today, I think. Um, it came out on March the 23rd. Wow, I am really behind on this. Right? <laughs> you must have been, uh, you must have been in America or something. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's because I'm in New Zealand. That's why I didn't see it. Um, <laughs> Not like you've been traveling for yeah. the last many you weeks. You know what? I was overseas when that came out, so I'm going to blame that. Um, so that came out. I have read half of it before I remembered that I don't like reading novel excerpts. <laughs> but the half I read, I enjoyed. If anyone actually read this, I liked this a lot more than I liked the excerpt from the first Thrawn book, which, and that is based entirely on, well, it's partially based on my own. I, I find Thrawn a bit boring, and partially based on uh, the previous excerpt was just not really to my taste in terms of the prose. And ironically, I don't think intentionally, but but in a good way, this one does a very similar scene, but it's so much more interesting because instead of having other people like um, seeing Palpatine from a distance and him sort of being mysterious, it's from Palpatine's point of view, which I think gives it this really cool different texture um it talks about how he thinks everyone is really insignificant compared to him and how he's always trying to get people to compete to prove which of them like deserves to be with him and it creates this sense of competition that i think was really effectively frightening it also shows how he feels things through the force and it talks about a lot of current canon events from other media such as the Rebels finale and Batu, which is the planet that's going to be the setting of the Disney park that will be Star Wars themed. So I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff in here. It still doesn't make me go like, yes, Thrawn is my new favorite character. But um, it doesn't? for someone who had relatively what? It doesn't? Shocking. <laughs> uh, for someone who had relatively unenthusiastic standards, I quite enjoyed it. I haven't read it. 
and I don't read previews just because I want to save everything I can for the books. Uh, that being said, I wasn't a huge fan of the last book. Like we, we all talked about it, you know, last year or whatever, but recently I started reading the, reading the comic books and, uh, which I, I was kind of forced to a friend of mine pretty much, uh, <laughs> made me read them. And I do have a blaster point. <laughs> pretty much. And, <laughs> and, and to be honest, I am I'm enjoying it a lot more than the book. And I think it's because it's way more condensed a lot of the random reading or random, uh, you know, inner monologues of, of Thrawn are gone. And just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just more direct. So it's kind of a bummer because I'm a little, I'm not like going into this, this new Thrawn book, like, Oh, I can't wait for it. I'm like, I, I need to see what exactly it's about because I didn't, I didn't love the overall plot of Thrawn. So, and the comic isn't bad. It's, it's making the, it's making the story more bearable in my opinion. But with this new book coming out, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not excited about it right now. And I do think it's cool. Like the cover looks awesome having Thrawn and Darth Vader back to back. That's really cool. I hope it's not just like, you know, they're together for one chapter and that's it. Like, I hope it's more than that. And so, and again, I, I do, I do know the, the Batu, the, the future Disneyland theme park planet that they'll be on that's referenced in that i know in the uh the book and then this little preview we get but that being said i i don't know i i'm i'm just kind of skeptical right now because the last ron book was a it was brutal to get through it wasn't terrible but at moments it was a slog and i just it was hard for me to finish it you know i still haven't actually read that book yeah you, you can skip it <laughs> no, no, but no, Seth, honestly, you I, should will, read the, I will read it at some point. You should read the comic. It, the, I think the comic, I, honestly, if I could go back and do it, I'd read the comic first. I wouldn't even listen to the audiobook. Like, and I and I like oh. I love audiobooks now. I, I mean, granted, I'm a comic book guy. I love comics, but I mean, I can fully say that it's it's a much better experience reading the comic book. It's way more condensed. It gives the side characters so far, Eli Vanto. I just kind of get, I don't know. I just understand him a little better. Like, I feel like the book kind of gives him this, I don't know. I, I just got a, a different feel for the character this time around. This, than the two issues I've read, there's only two issues in, but we're already halfway through the book, like in the two issues. So, I mean, there's, to me, it's, it's worth reading, especially if like, if time is scarce, you know? So, and I was, I was, I was one of the people that was like, this is ridiculous. We should not get a Thrawn series. Ah, and I still, to, to an extent, am not thrilled. We, we they they adapted this. I would have preferred like them adapting or creating a whole different, you know, side. Or if you're going to do a Thrawn miniseries, actually be a new story. But that being said, I have, I will say, if you haven't read the book, I would suggest reading the comics. It's a quicker, more effective read. Interesting that I'm kind of the one that's most intrigued by this excerpt. Although I know you guys said you don't typically want to read them because they do contain all these like hints at things. But I liked, I think maybe it's, Maybe it's just this part of the book. The whole thing probably isn't this packed with references to other parts of canon, although maybe it is. I don't know. But I really liked that it connected to so many other things in a way that felt smoother than it usually does or smoother than it could. It wasn't like, I mean, it, it is exposition heavy, like it is written as exposition, but it doesn't sound like an encyclopedia entry. So I liked that about it. And I just kind of love the idea that when you're going into the theme park, you're not only kind of going into the movies, but you're going into the books, too, because the books 
obviously are one of my like my main entryway into Star Wars. So that makes me even more excited for the park, which was probably what they intended on the like advertising front. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Because, yeah, same. The books are kind of one of my main entry points for Star Wars. It, it's, it's yeah, just... so that gives it this cool, like, almost metafictional kind of feeling. Did you ever read, uh, there was a book series called Kingdom Keepers that was, like, a fantasy novel series set in Disney World with, I don't know if it had Disney characters in it or not, but it was, like, Disney licensed. And now I'm just imagining the, like, meta-fictional version of a story about tourists going to Star Wars land who really, <laughs> who, like, end up in the Star Wars galaxy. I don't know. Star Wars as a franchise is very carefully, like, walled off from that sort of meta thing, except in some exceptions, like that Indiana Jones comic, right? So I don't think they'll ever really do that, but that's the feeling this gives me, the feeling of, like, it's so close you could walk into it. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I think the more they they make, uh, I forgot the name of the planet again. Is it Batu? Is that right? Batu. Yeah, the more they incorporate Batu in the comic books and the books and and even like the cartoon series, it's only advertising for the Star Wars line. And I, I know it sells itself because it's Star Wars, you know. But at the same time, the Edge of the Galaxy can only be enhanced the more you make that a part of the canon. Like, think about this: what if going into Batu? Edge, you know, Star Wars Edge of the Galaxy is canon of itself. Like whatever, you know, maybe as the time shifts, maybe Batu shifts. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, maybe if there's like oppression on Batu, they're oppressed there. Or maybe there's like smugglers on Batu, there'll be smuggler actors, you know, in there and in character. Like that'd be really cool. I mean, it's probably a little too hard, but at the same time, that'd be really cool. And that's kind of the idea that I get from what they're. You know, maybe what the possibilities with this, uh, you know, the future Star Wars land, which I don't I don't like calling it Edge of the Galaxy, by the way. I'm not sure if I'm alone on that. I feel I too... keep forgetting that that's what it's called. I just want to call yeah, it Star Wars land. I'm, I just want to call it Star Wars land. I'm sorry. I just it's too simple. That's and... what's going to be called. People it, are going to just call it yeah, that. Like Edge of the Galaxy is a fancy name, but it's a long name. It's yeah, a fancy not name. Not that that's a bad name, but Star Wars land is uh... so immediately evocative and easy to say it's just so simple <laughs> I don't think I feel, yeah, yeah exactly i don't think it'll be taken away from its throne yeah. anytime soon yeah i think edge of galaxy is like we don't want to call it star wars land let's give it a different like you know ridiculous name edge of the galaxy like edge let's make it edgier in fact let's put the word edge in the title <laughs> like you know, right, well it's... speaking of ridiculous names let's talk about them scissor punch yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> There is a Denny's promotion for the solo film, which is something, but we've got some new character reveals for Han Solo via that promotion, including the new favorite character of the fandom, Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> he has brought us so much joy in our time of need. I feel like he's brought us closer together. He has. I think so. Everyone is united around the wonder that is Therm Scissor Punch. The Last Jedi yeah. segregated everybody, and now Scissor Punch has brought everyone back together. <laughs> I am thankful for Scissor I Punch. hope so. <laughs> I am excited by the fact that I guess kids can go to Denny's and eat really trashy food and get excited about Star Wars all at once. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I like the idea of it. But here's the thing. I don't need Denny's to eat trashy food and like, get involved in Star Wars. <laughs> I do that almost every day anyway. I mean, Denny's just evokes a certain idea of trashy food in me as a Kiwi who lives far away from America. I Denny's understand. has a very specific place 
in Kiwi culture as being very American and having like banana splits and like waffles and stuff. Wait like a minute. That. So actually, I don't think Denny's in New Zealand has waffles. Ba- banana splits <laughs> are not an American thing, is it? They're not, but I mean, it's not, but like Denny's just does these like really extravagant ones. Ah, it's just too much got food. You, got and you, got I, you. Guess, I mean, it's not American, but we don't really do them that much here, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, now but, I'm, I'm wondering for where, where does the banana split come from? I'll research this. <laughs> like, if it's, no, I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. If I'm looking, if it's not from American, where is it? Oh, let's see. Okay, it seems is to it have French? originated, according to Wikipedia, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Oh, she snap! Right. She is right! Oh, snap! <laughs> but, but before I get too far off, waffles aren't a thing in New Zealand either? Or... No, 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 we have waffles, but, like, they're still kind of near you. Um... <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So we also get characters like Moloch, who is a weird-looking... Bug man. I guess we get a lot of weird looking bug people. Um, there was also like another one that it's not on this article I'm looking at. Who six eyes or something like that? Who was that? Yeah, six, six eyes. Eye grand. <laughs> yeah, wait. six eyes grand. That's it. Wait, wait, is he is he really officially a grand? Is that what it said? No. Um, as far as I know, so don't quote me on this. I'm not sure. As far as I know, the species hasn't been confirmed. Oh. Now we have it in the names, but. He looked like a six-eyed grand to me, and I was like, hmm. No, no, that's that what work? I thought so, too. But maybe yeah. that would have blown my mind if that was, like, you know, a, like a variation of the of the race of, on the planet. So yeah. that would be rad. See, I want more stuff like that. Like, you know, I see these aliens, and I'm curious what you guys think of, of the designs. They all look cool to me. I think they're fine. It's just like there's. I see some people online are, like, anti-new aliens or anti-old aliens, and I kind of find myself in the middle. It's like, can't we have both? Like, can we just do yeah, both? Yeah, I want both. I found like, myself... I want new aliens, but also I want Twi'lek. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I found myself... I, I saw a similar conversation comparing these aliens to the original trilogy aliens. And my thought was, there's also the third flavor, which is the prequel aliens. And I, I want more prequel-style aliens, like really colorful and not right. quite as grotesque, although I like the grotesque. Mm-hmm. Um, I want more. These look very much like original trilogy type aliens mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, the designs are fine. Like our new best friend, Thermster Punch, is basically a large lobster. <laughs> hey. I'm so I'm in... so happy about this. Simple like yet effective. Star Wars tradition. They're okay. None of them make me go like two tubes. When two tubes came out, I was oh like God, that. I, I love tubes. that character. I love that design. Two tubes, and Paul was too. Yes. And I don't feel that way again about these guys, but they're fine. I'll say this. Yeah. I, I think they're way better than the last Jedi aliens. Oh, huh. that's fair. I'm yeah. That's yeah, the problem. You can't. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Like none of the, I remember the that opera singer. Not the cantina. The um, cancel bite ones don't really. Nothing comes to mind immediately, except I think about them in the books before I think about their how they physically appear. In yeah, the exactly. They're not memorable, except for the one lady, like the lady who has the opera singer. That yeah. she's pretty. You can't miss her. There's, There's also the racially questionable leprechaun character. The the who? The little guy it's that like. Oh, you call him the, the, get, like, the, the ra- money out of PBA. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but what'd you what'd you call him? The what leprechaun? <laughs> Racially questionable. Yeah, I've never <laughs> yeah. heard I, I've not heard that. What what's going yeah, on? Have you not? Oh. 
What's racially? What, what happened with this leprechaun guy? That's what, what, like put you on the spot. Definitely a stereotype character. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, um, it's like a pretty cool character all over again. No, going back to the Denny <laughs> stuff real quick. I just want to point out that Val, Andy Newton's character, looks really cool. Like I really oh, yeah. love the look of her, and I'm kind of sad we haven't seen much of her in the trailers because I'm really keen to see her character. Well, she fa- does look really cool. I love her bomber jacket, and I wish she had a last name. Why does she? Hey. I mean, you know, Olaf <laughs> doesn't have a last name either, so it's not just her. But I just like, what? Why not? Ray doesn't have a last name Maybe either. Maybe she's like me. No, she's just, I'm just sad she's just Val. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just Moloch. Isn't Moloch a comic book character? Yeah, he's from Watchmen. Every time you say Mo- it's or it's Moloch, that's his name is Moloch from Mol- Watchmen. Mol- but but Moloch is a uh, not necessarily. Is it Moloch or Moloch? Which one is it? The uh, M O L O C H. M O L O C H. Yeah, it's Moloch. That's 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 almost like I think it's almost exactly like the Watchmen character. He's a uh, yeah. I won't get into the Watchmen. This is not Watchmen canon. <laughs> <laughs> no. The name has been used before. Yes. We can confirm that. Yes. No, it's uh yes. but no, the the aliens I think look they look they look fine to me. I mean, and, and going back to Val's character, Saf, I mean, we have we have only gotten like one real trailer, so hopefully we'll get some more lines with her when the real trailer shows up. So, yeah, the, the characters look fine. I I love I I've been I've been a fan of Fanny, uh is it Tandy or Thandy. It's Thandy. I like Thandy. Oh God, I could have been wrong my whole life. I don't know. Her. I think it's Thandy Newton. I think it's Thandy Newton. And um, I, I remember yeah. when I was a kid, I was watching a movie I probably shouldn't have been watching called Flirting on Bravo, <laughs> which is definitely what I shouldn't be watching when I was like a kid. But she was, and I really, I've always been enamored with Thandy Newton. I thought she was beautiful then and think she's beautiful now. So it's really cool to see her in a, in a Star Wars movie. I love the afro she's got. I, I, so awesome. So she looks cool. I just, what I do hope that, you know, in her character, this, you know, I don't want to divulge too much, but in her character in the movie, I really hope she's not just like in the movie for 20 minutes. I want her to be like, a you know, an actual substantial character, whatever they're doing, not just a, a, I agree. A real side character. Yeah. Same. But at the same time, it's, it is Han's movie with Lando and, and all these other new characters. So we'll see. We'll see. I have one important question. How does Therm Scissor Punch pick things up with his claw hands? It seems like it would be difficult for him to have any dexterity or to pick up fragile objects such as uh, like like spoons, perhaps. <laughs> but what <laughs> if he just scoops ice cream draws? with his nippers That's... and just shoves the ice cream in his mouth? Yeah. What if he like mm. uses? What if he scoops up with his like claw, like the top of his claw or something like that? Maybe it's like a like yeah. a slant on it or something. The underside is is very thick though, so it would be hard to. How would he turn pages? It would be hard to pick up something thin. <laughs> you're, you're thinking way too hard. Well, this is a really important question, and I think we need to ask Lucasfilm about this. Okay, noted. We'll ask Pablo. Wow. <laughs> of all the it's all the man. questions to ask can, about Canon, we're going to ask about Scissor Punch and how, how did he turn a, a book page? And what he's going to respond with? They have data pads. Ooh. Oh, that's a good point, actually. That's Boom! A good point. <laughs> we go. We've got our own Pablo on this. That's show. Right. Oh, Pablo Paul. That is my nickname for my old boss, Pablo. Oh, low. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I really, I, that was Pablo, a, if you're listening, which is unlikely, I apologize. I don't apologize. I'm like, Pablo, if you're listening, you're welcome. Uh, 
All right, Paul, since you know so much. Yes, yes. How about you tell us a bit about the Last Jedi Blu-ray special features? Because Ooh, uh. neither of you and Megan have been able to watch them yet, and you have. Well, my first question to you ladies actually is, do you guys like special features? Yes, yes I do. Generally. Um, I like, especially if I enjoy the cast, I like seeing the chemistry that the cast has and kind of the Lord of the Rings behind oh, the scenes are always oh, my word, pinnacle word. of what you want, which yes. is like casts in jokes. You know, I want to be able to feel like I was there on set. And also, how did they make the things? I've not bought the, the Blu-ray yet or seen the behind the scenes yet, partially because the fandom is angry about things <laughs> and right now it be, right now it would be difficult for me to separate some of the controversy from the characters and to be able to look at it in a sort of escapist kind of way which is how i like to engage with star wars not that it's not important to have discussions about the real world impact of things but in this case it became very distracting for me because i'm just thinking about people arguing about things that Whatever, people arguing is too much, so I haven't done yeah, it yet. No, I'm, I'm kind helping, of in a similar I think you guys can back me up, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm similar. I just don't I don't want to engage with it with this arguing in my head right now, so I have waited. Well, I can't I can't argue with those points. I love arguing with everybody. And I, to to a fault, <laughs> to a fault, I will be very admitted I'll admit to that. The special features for The Last Jedi, I think, are... And I said this on Twitter the other day. They're some of the best since the Blu-ray releases of 2011, which I love those Blu-ray releases, too. I think Lucasfilm and, and George Lucas, and I think it's continued continued for the most part, they've done a pretty good job of putting special features on their on their disc, not like to the Lord of the Rings, a Hobbit level. And whether you love the Hobbit or not, the Blu-ray special features on those are, all, are just as good as the original Lord of the Rings stuff. They're not maybe as as good as films, but they're still the special features are still up there. Up there, they're great. I, I love the original DVD releases of. The, you know, the original trilogy. That was great. Um, but the Blu-ray release was amazing. I, I've had so much. I've always enjoy going through and just like hearing all the interviews for the prequels and the original trilogy. Even the episodes one, two and three. Episode three special features on the DVD are, are probably the worst of all three. But the first two are phenomenal. I think they're great. So I think in the, in the line of st- special features, Star Wars has done pretty well. Now, that being said, episode seven special features, they're not as good and it's probably because jj is not exactly i don't know if he was if if they're gonna wait to do more stuff later but like it felt like it was kind of reserved they have a you know decent special feature about kind of beginning and how they started all that stuff but it just you know just didn't really grab me as much rogue one i love what they put on the disc but it wasn't i wanted more i felt there was so much more they could have done with the the reworking of a third act i know there's some controversy with that because of um, gareth edwards potentially kind of being shoved to the side a little bit and that's debatable people said that you know um that one guy i forgot his name something gilroy or something i don't forgot his name um he kind of, you know, helped supervise the reshoots or whatever, the third act. Uh, I would have loved to see, you know, some more information about this and in, in, in deleted scenes. But, you know, it, even though, like, it's, it gave me a little bit, I love the little they gave me. That being said now, with The Last Jedi, it's almost a return to form to like how special features in Star Wars were have always been since they, you know, when they released these things outright. Um, there's obviously the the now very uh, infamous uh, director and, and the Jedi 
documentary. It's an hour and a half long documentary and it's phenomenal. Um, and this is coming from someone that is still conflicted about the last Jedi. I don't, I don't think it's an amazing film. I I don't know. I just, I still don't know about it. There's things I love about it. There's, there's things I hate about it. And Ryan Johnson has managed to, to somehow pull both those things out of me at once, which is very hard to do. I'm usually a, a very black and white, you know, it's either bad or good or good or bad or whatever. This is, you know, and it, it sounds like you two kind of extended your feelings about the movie into your feelings about the behind the scenes, which like naturally you would, cause it's the same movie. Well, right. But, but what the, but here's the thing, the special features on the last Jedi are incredible. They're great. They're some of the best, like in the saga, like that I've seen. Um, Ryan Johnson's documentary, the director of the Jedi, he like he lets us in on the process of making this movie. And it's so fascinating. Like I t- in my opinion, I see things like Ryan, don't make that decision. No, 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 no. And I'm like, I'm like yelling out loud to my TV. Don't say that. No. <laughs> and, you know, you're just like, it's going to be bad. No. And, you know, whatever. And so it's an amazing documentary. You guys got to see it. It's it's worth it's worth the Blu-ray itself. Um, there's there's a great um, video that he does where he it's him being interviewed talking about the balance of the force and how you know what he wanted to do to you know to bring in the force aspects of the movie. There's great. There's a, there's tons of great stuff. There's a ton of deleted scenes. Now, the deleted scenes. I'm very curious what everyone uh, thinks about them. You guys have seen maybe a few of them. I've always avoided. Yeah, like, I've seen a couple. Yeah, I've I've avoided most of them until I saw the saw them on my on my Blu-ray, and I have to say I think a lot of them are terrible. Like they're bad. Yeah, I like they're fun. Mm. They're fun, but they wouldn't have made a good film. No, it, I really I liked the Phasma one that came out relatively early that gave whoa. her a little more yeah. dialogue, but almost everything that they cut with Luke. Well, I say nah, scrub that. I didn't really. I wouldn't say almost everything, but there is the one conversation in particular where Luke is kind of that the pretty eyes line, which just annoys me more and more. The more I think about it, that I'm really glad. I don't think I've seen that one. What is the pretty line? That's referring to. It's in the dark. It's in the the director and the Jedi. It's um. It's in the scene where Ray like confronts Luke and says, "Did you create Kylo Ren?" And he knocks her down. Or he knocks her. She knocks him down. And he says, I'm not the one, you know, who gets distracted with a, with a pair of pretty eyes. It's Ryan Johnson watching these scenes cut together after they just shot it, like the day before. And you see all the blue screen around him and the rain's coming down. It's really cool. But they cut the movie. So oh, go ahead. Sorry. So it's not a full deleted scene? I, I don't remember seeing it. I watched all the deleted scenes and that wasn't in it. It's in, but it's it's a delete. Oh, okay. It's a quote unquote deleted scene, but it's just it didn't even make the deleted scenes. He cut it out like right away. So okay, yeah. my, my apologies for being no, wrong no, no, about no. that, but no, no, no. I they, maintain it, that no, it was a bad line. No, it was a bad <laughs> line, and that and that that's the thing about this. What's so interesting is I think in the deleted scenes you get to see a lot of the bad decisions. I think in my again in my opinion, not saying it is the the only opinion, but in my opinion, you see the kind of the bad decisions that Ryan Johnson made for the movie. They really stick out in those deleted scenes, like the Favier chase. I don't, I don't love the father of chase, but you see, there's an extended version of it and I'll never watch that again. It's awful. It's straight up bad. <laughs> like it's so long drawn out and not like, it's just, it's just bad. Like, I know it's not finished. A lot of it's not finished, but like, it's just so, it's just not good. And I just remember thinking, I'm never going to watch that again. 
And then I, the scene when um, he, has, he just had the he has the characters doing weird things like when you this is scenes on online you probably have seen it the, where uh, Rose bites General Hux's hand. It's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It just doesn't work. I'm like this is it was awkward. I'm like this is weird. It just everything seemed very off to me. There was the there one deleted scene which I first was like this is ridiculous. I but I've kind of softened my approach a little bit and I kind of liked a little bit more is there's an alternate opening with with a with a, with a, with a crawl comes up and then it instead of fading down to like to Dakar and all the ships are flying up 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 at you which I like that a lot. But in this time, it actually goes right down to like a window into Finn. So it goes right into Finn coming out of like his, uh, um, you know, hyper or his like, you know, his uh, back to tank, whatever. So it comes right into that. And it, yeah. And that is, it's, it's not like, I think he made a right decision to, to change it, but it's, it's, it was kind of cool to see that kind of what he was thinking. It was, it was a really creative idea that I liked. But it didn't. It, it would have worked, I think, okay. But what he did here was much better, I think. So, um, as so, I haven't listened to the commentary yet. But um, I mean, when I say it, like again, I'm not like a, I'm not a hater of Last Jedi. I don't love the Last Jedi as much as a lot of people do. I'm kind of, I do find myself kind of conflicted in middle. Excuse me, in the middle. But I will say, if you love special features and you love Star Wars, you it is a must. You have to get this this physical release or whatever release, digital release, whatever. It's well worth it, in my opinion. Interesting. I definitely mean to check it out at some point. I just gotta like just gotta let some time go by. Oh, and, and, and really, <laughs> yeah, and really, same. and really fast before I forget. I have I have a, a 4K player and I watched it in 4K. Though I may not love that movie completely. And it, there's parts that I do love, but it looks beautiful in 4K. It is there's a there's a website, and I forgot I forgot what the name of the website is, but it's like it's real 4K or or, or fake 4K. And basically, what it you know, and I'm not a video video person really, but my friend kind of explained it to me that some of these 4Ks that are being sold are upscaled Blu-rays, like meaning they upscale them, but they're not true 4K, like shot in 4K and things like that. There are only a very few movies that are transferred in true 4K. Blade Runner, both Blade Runner movies are pretty much shot in 4K or upgraded to true 4K. Um, for the most most part, 2049 has most 4K stuff in it. There's some tweaks in there that aren't, but they say for the most part it is. But they said that Rogue One, which is this really sad, Rogue One was shot in true 4K, but it wasn't released in, it hasn't been released in it yet. So I'm like, that movie's going to blow my mind in 4K. But they said The Last Jedi was also one that was shot in, uh, excuse me, shot in true 4K. And it looks, and it's right, it looks incredible. Like, you won't, you'll notice the difference right away. I mean, it looks beautiful. So I, the transfer is gorgeous. So if you have a 4K player, you get it, you can get a 4, you know, UHD digital download. I had it, I bought it early because I'm one of those dumb people that buys things. <laughs> I try to resist and I gave in very easily. I watched the UHD version. It looked great. But when I got the physical copy and put it in my, uh, my Xbox, holy crap, it was amazing. So I really highly, highly recommend watching this on a physical media because you'll get an amazing looking picture. Cool. Okay. Keep that in mind for the future. Speaking of deleted scenes, some of them yes, were in the novel. There, we, <laughs> there <laughs> we go. Looking for you got it. Talk about the novel, Megan, since you're the only one that's read it so far. <laughs> the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry came out in early March. There's also a junior novelization, which I haven't read, but have heard from 
a person on the internet that it is very sad in a good way. So that's my extremely professional review of the junior novelization. Um, <laughs> my uh, review, my proper review of The Last Jedi is up on Den of Geek as well as a guide to all the things that we learned in the novel and the scenes that were uh, added. A lot of them were from deleted scenes or uh, from drafts. Jason Fry had... Um, a lot of access to Ryan Johnson and to Lucasfilm in the writing of this, which I think was pretty cool. The novel it reads very differently from all of the novelizations we've gotten recently, I think. They each have their own voice for good or, or ill. It is a much more it is much more solidly constructed than the Force Awakens novelization was. It is uh, moves along in a quick clip. Jason Fry is very good at making scenes feel exciting. He's really good at making scenes feel smooth. Um, and the prologue is fantastic. And I'll talk about that specifically a little bit more because I think the prologue was my favorite part of the whole book, which kind of brings me to the things that I didn't love so much, which there are some scenes that feel very rushed. Holdo's death has some extra dialogue and it connects nicely to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, but it also didn't really elevate the scene with as much intensity and as much style as the one in the movie. That was one of the scenes I was most excited to see in the book because it was so radically different in the movie and it must have been a difficult thing to adapt, but unfortunately it, it fell a little short of the mark in the film. There were some changes to the relationship between Rose and Finn, which I found to be at times endearing and at times sort of strange they had an almost more combative relationship at first but at the same time Rose's hero worship of Finn was also emphasized so it, it had its good and bad um, but by far my favorite thing about the novel was the handling of the prologue and of Luke Skywalker if you haven't heard the prologue is a sort of dream that Luke has that the Force sends to him about a world where he never left Tatooine and he married his friend Cammy and he lives on the moisture farm that he inherited and he occasionally feels like maybe there should be more to his life but in general he's pretty content as a moisture farmer and it's this deeply unsettling scene because there are implications uh, just kind of seeded in that the Empire has taken over the galaxy and destroyed at least Alderaan, possibly other planets. And all this has happened, but hasn't touched Tatooine yet because it's just so remote and Luke is just there. And I found this really effective and just really chilling and I love how creative it is and it feels like fan fiction in the best possible way because it uses this alternate story to really mine Luke's emotions and there were like rumors going around before the book came out that Luke had a has his wife was mentioned in the novel because the first sentence is about like Luke stood next to his wife and the internet and myself were like really shaken by this and turns out it's all this dream and the this family he had is presented not as a bad thing. It's not like Luke is horrified by the idea that he ever would have had a quiet life and a wife, but it's portrayed as like just a different possibility and one that would ultimately have been worse for the galaxy. And I thought that that was really, I it, it satisfied my like interest in Luke's story, which is partially all about how he 
went on this hero's journey and how he became kind of the this kind of almost mysterious figure to a lot of the people around him and instead of showing him as separated from others the prologue shows him with others but in a way that is a little bit unsettling and with the story of the last jedi being the story of luke reforging connections with people like ray and people like leia it really did a good job of showing the force trying to influence him even while he had cut himself off from it on Octo. I really love the idea of that whole thing. I think, was it you who told me about it when you first read it or someone else? And that's one of the big reasons I really want to read that book is because of that whole Luke alternate self thing. I may have. I don't remember. I, I wish it had continued. I, I don't know. I'd love to know whether there was any discussion about doing interludes like in the Aftermath trilogy where Luke would continue seeing different visions of himself but there there weren't there were only one and i almost wish there were more does it have the third lesson that luke was going to teach ray in the uh that's that's is now a deleted scene where it's her like going to rescue the whatever the caretakers um does it have that yes. okay it does does it yeah it does do you remember? And I'm, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, Megan. I apologize. Is it? Did it make? Did, does it feel as awkward in the book as it does on the screen? Like when I watch that scene on for deleted scene, it just I, it feels so weird. I'm glad they took it out. It doesn't work in my opinion at all. It makes Luke look really like like a jerk. And I don't know, it just, it, it doesn't, the lesson itself is just kind of weird. I'm like, what? What? I remember that scene vividly. And I'll tell you what I remember about it so that you can tell me what the same thing is in the movie or not, or rather in the cut scenes. The, the third lesson is that basically he wants her, he doesn't want her to help the caretakers. And he like is separated from everything now because that's, he's in exile. And she goes to help them anyway, but they find she finds out that what she thought was a raiding party is actually another group of caretakers coming back from the sea. And they have they're not being attacked, they're having a festival. And Luke and Ray dance at the festival. Is that the same thing that was in the in the film? Uh if I if I remember remember correctly, no, she gets really mad and storms off. It's it is kind of funny. There's bagpipes going on in the background, which I was like, man, the huh. care, the caretakers have bagpipes. That's pretty tight. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but it, they, I, I remember if if I'm remembering correctly that no, they did not. She actually storms off because she's huh. like, I I wanted to come find a legend. I didn't find a legend. I found someone else well, or something like that, and she storms yeah, off. She, I liked that part, but I also think the tone completely changed with the dance because I thought it was a really nice like father-daughter sort of thing and the converse the conversation they have is Luke basically apologizes to her like he says I didn't expect you to run off so quickly I had kind of lost faith in humanity essentially like in people's tendency toward goodness and you showed me that and I'm still not gonna necessarily help you in the way you want but I appreciate you like showing this to me. And it's one of the few scenes that they have where they actually seem to like each other. And I really enjoyed that because I wanted more of them to be friendly in a way that we didn't really see very much in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, there was. It's funny because in the movie, I thought they had some decent moments, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I wanted so much more of them in the movie together. But that being said, the book, yeah. it, it sounds like the book just kind 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Kind of, that would have been a nice thing to do. I don't remember in the in the, in the lead saying that, that they danced or anything. I, I I just remember her storming off and getting upset. So maybe they did do that in the in the like an extended deleted scene that didn't even make it past to the you know final stages. I don't know, but I do know it's part of that scene in the trailer where it's her with her lightsaber running, which is oh okay, yeah, that's that's what that scene's from. She's like running for it. It is cool to see. I like I like her going in and like ready to you know duke it out or whatever. Because it's a cool, it's a cool idea, but yeah, it was. Poor, I don't think it was, to me. It just was a weird, a weird lesson. What what else was in the book um, that kind of stood out to you? Let me think if there's anything from other characters that that stands out immediately. Because I did, I like how they handled Luke. Poe and Holdo were handled very similarly to how they were in the movie. Jason Fry does a really great job of talking about his own process. He's really good at talking about what decisions he made. He's very open about saying this is what I thought worked about my own work and this is what didn't and one of the things that he had considered was having some scenes from Holdo's point of view toward the beginning of the conversation of like her clashing with Poe but which I think is a good idea on the surface like or rather as an idea but also would have foiled the reveal for someone that hadn't seen the movie which I think is I don't necessarily know that a lot of people who haven't read them, excuse me, haven't seen the movie will read the book first, but he, he made a decision and who, you know, the editors and whoever was working with him made the decision that they wanted to give the audience the same information that they had in the movie in terms of that particular plot point. So they did not go into Holdo's point of view there, but that, that could have been interesting. I definitely recommend Jason Fry has done several interviews about it and they are very interesting. Very keen to read this book, honestly. I like, I love, I love the movie, but I'm keen to see like, cause I never made it through <laughs> the Force Awakens novelization, but yeah. I love the Rogue One one. I like novelizations. It's definitely to me, like between those two in terms of quality, it's not as good as Rogue One, but it's also not as like, I mean, you, you know, Saf, Saf and I have very similar like taste in books and Rogue One is very much to our taste. The Last Jedi is not quite as much. Um, it's just objectively better than The Force Awakens, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> There's been a lot of conversation about Kylo, the Kylo characterization, but I also actually found that there wasn't much in the book that was not in the on the screen to me in terms of Kylo. It was a lot of things that the places where Jason Fry was interpreting, he was interpreting from Adam Driver's expressions, and those were the same emotions that I interpreted from him. So there weren't any. I didn't really have any revelations about. 
Kylo in the book, which was fine. I didn't really need need any revelations, but I thought he was written consistently with how he was in the movie. Interesting. All right. Well, let's talk about something else which interprets characters from the movies, which is our main topic, Forces of Destiny, which is quite a different tone to The Last Jedi, I think. <laughs> so the se- season two has, what is it, seven or eight episodes. And I watched them relatively quickly. We, I discovered that there are some, I was having some technical difficulties when I was watching them. I was watching them on YouTube, on an Apple TV, and they would not automatically play at the end of each episode. I had to manually, like it, it seemed like it was going to automatically play them, and then it didn't. And I thought that was just something up with my system, but you guys have any technical difficulties with them? Yes, I had the same kind of issue that basically... I would find what I think is the playlist and I'd play it and then it'd, it'd play the first episode and then it'd go off to another episode of, I, I had already seen. And I'd, I'd say to myself, wait, I just, I've already seen this. This isn't part of season or volume two. And then I'm like, ugh, where is this? And I have to, I'd have to basically go find the episode list and watch them individually and go back to the, to the list every single time. So yeah, I had the same problem as that. Yeah. It's kind of obnoxious, huh. to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, you, you deal with it, whatever. So Yeah. Um, Watching these was sort of like opening fortune cookies to me, right? Like, they're short, little, deep bits of information. And uh, I, I generally liked season two. I liked the later half of, of season two a lot better than the first half, which is ironic for things that are three minutes long. But most of my favorite episodes came at the end. Yeah, I... I, I like I like this. I mean, I like all the the cartoons. They're, I think they're all fun and cute, and you know, it's 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 whatever. But I definitely found myself. I think I like these sets of episodes better than the first ones. And maybe it's just because they kind of had like you know their first go around, you know, that first time, and kind of got out the kinks, if you will, of kind of these these short these short little things. So, but I kind of really I really liked this this season. I thought there's really cool like tie-ins. There's like a major major not reveal but like kind of a story point in one of them with uh the the leia episode and the leia and maz yeah. episode um i guess i can con- yeah. can i just go ahead and talk about that now okay yeah. I, I think it's okay to spoil forces of destiny if you don't want forces of destiny spoilers um stop <laughs> listening now and go watch them yes and then come back okay <laughs> it so, won't take you very long okay so this is gonna be really weird so bear with me ladies all right so i both liked and disliked this episode because, okay, okay, all right, all right, this is why. I love Leia Bausch. I love the Bausch character. I love the armor she has in Return of the Jedi. I think it's one of the best Star Wars designs, costume designs, in my opinion. Um, I've always thought it'd be, it was a really cool idea of, or what happened with Leia and getting the Bausch armor, you know, and I've always thought there was a, a cool story to tell with that. And it was cool they were telling this in the... I thought it was cool they are going to do it with Forces of Destiny. But then Maz Kanata shows up. And uh, I'm not a Maz Kanata fan by any means. And Wait, what's wrong with Maz Kanata? She's obnoxious. She... I don't know. I just don't... Yeah. I'm sorry. She's good. No, she's not good. That's the problem. <laughs> no, it's... I just can't... I just don't like the character. She just doesn't... I just think... Uh, you know, I will say this. I was never really a fan of her. And I was like, whatever about her. But her appearance in The Last Jedi really bugged me even more. So it, it pretty much just kind of put the nail in the coffin of like, nope, not into her. But anyway, but I like the, what I will say, I like the idea of, of going to Maz for help. 
but the way they get the armor or the the, the costume is kind of weird. It's not like she just gives it to her. They're being attacked by the the Bausch bounty hunter, and then you know, like she defeats him or her. I'm not sure if it's him or her. And then they, you know, then they take it, you know, whatever they take the costume from, but they go to Ma's first for help. And then she doesn't really help them. You know what I mean? It just kind of like, you just kind of forced Ma's into the story and it just didn't really have to be there. So I both like the episode because I love that, that character model or character design and everything. And it was cool to see how she got the armor, but it was just the way of forcing Maz into it. Like if Maz would have gave it to her outright, that'd be kind of cool. I think like I, I could get behind that. The fact that she doesn't do anything, she's just kind of there. They're there to be the talk to Maz for help to get Han, you know, but then like, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I was like, it's, just, eh, it's more reasons why I don't like Maz Kanata. So anyway, doesn't Maz knock Bausch out at the end? Like she does, contribute to that fight. I'm rewatching it actually right now and I'm trying to, to see <laughs> you can tell. The impression that I got was that Maz was kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone because it's where like the way we saw her in the last Jedi, she was doing two jobs at once and it was that like she was on that planet for a reason, but it wasn't necessarily related to what Leia needed, but she was like, "Well, I'm here. I'm making a deal with bounty hunters or something." There's a bunch of people in strange armor wandering around. Let's go just find one. <laughs> that was my impression of that, was that it was almost like Leia was a side character in Maz's story, briefly. But I also really like that armor, and I thought, this one is like really contributes to answering a question that people had in canon of how she got that armor, so that was cool. Yeah, no, I th- I th- you're right. She did knock her out, like or uh, knock... I always think... I always assume, assume Bosch was a, a you know... Was a was a lady because Leia was you know underneath that too. Yeah, but, I would assume that too. Yeah, because you know similar because she even says in the in the in the thing like similar similar build you know whatever. So but anyway, but yeah, Maz knocks Bausch out both times like you know once with a big machine thing and then once with like a force pike kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, it was it's 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 whatever. That's a good point that you know it's almost like Leia's in Maz's side story, but. I don't know. I, I I will say I do like the fact we got the answer. I wish it was a little bit more interesting, if you will. But I, I still liked it. All right. So what are our favorite shorts this season? Surprisingly, my favorite might be the one with Ray and the Porgs, which I say surprisingly. So I really liked um, the one with Luke and Yoda, partially just because it was Jedi training. I love Jedi training. And it's Mark Hamill reprising his role as, like, 20-something Luke, which is just delightful. But I was really enjoying that one, and then we got to Ray. and number one, the Porgs are much cuter in this episode than they are in the movies. They're, they're really cute, they look fluffy, like, they're really nice. Um, the episode reminded me of myself, because when I was younger, we raised chickens as pets, and if I could have used the force to grab a chicken when it was going somewhere I didn't want it to go my life would have been so much easier. <laughs> and I just identified so deeply with Ray having to catch birds. <laughs> and I also just thought that it was a good, it, it again um, showed a plot point that I didn't necessarily wasn't asking myself, but that is a, a legitimate character development for her where she learns to use telekinesis like she says like oh I didn't even know I could do that so it was a cool force moment for her and at the end it's sort of implied that she gives like 
like plays with the porgs by like lifting them into the air and that's how she learned telekinesis which is just like so adorable well didn't she learn telekinesis in the force awakens when she grabs a lightsaber at the very end true i feel like that was almost more because you're talking about the scene in the snow where Kylo yes. trying to pull the lightsaber from him, right? Yes, yeah, yes. So it was almost like the Force itself, because Kylo started it, and then... I think she, that was a very instinctive thing for her in that point. Yeah, ah, it was like almost more okay. the Force working through her than her doing it intentionally, not to take away from her, like, it was an intentional act, but it wasn't an act that she could have called on command, except in that extremely important, like, symbolic, stressful situation. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I can dig that. I can dig that. I, you know, it's funny. A lot of these I forgot. Like, I know the gist of what happens, but I don't know, like, what the exact, you know, tale. That, like, I didn't realize that's what she said in the, or I forgot what she said about the porgs. Because I know she she chased one off a cliff and she, like, you know, and she, and she grabs it. Because it has the lightsaber, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. So I was right about that. Okay. But, you know, so she says yeah. that. She says that's the first time she goes, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was pretty good. Um, I was really looking forward to the one with Sabine and Hera, but I didn't end up loving it. It was okay. It felt sort of like uh, it, it. It didn't really answer any really significant questions. It just felt like a fun kind of adventure story. So that one was okay, but mostly I have to mention it because it has Hera in it. <laughs> Rose Rose's episode was in the season, right? Oh yeah, the one with Rose and Finn. That was another one that was like in. It was said during the Last Jedi. Yeah, I really like that one mostly because I just love Rose a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think my favorite is either that or Ray and the Porgs because I yeah the Porgs one like surprised me a lot with just how wholesome it is and just I I love Ray in Forces of Destiny so much because it feels so much like her Force Awakens like yes yes optimistic self agreed, agreed. Still. Mm-hmm. and i mean she's still that character in the last jedi but that movie is just so intense that you don't really get much of it but in forces of destiny because it's so much more lighthearted and cute you get a lot more of that sense of ray in it and so i really i really like ray and the porgs yeah that's a that's a good point like i didn't think about that but you're totally right that ray the character of ray and her innocence really is such a an important part of the character. I kind of, I mean, that's kind of why she goes to Kylo Ren in the first place in the last Jedi. Right. So it's because she's kind of innocent and sees the good in things. And you know, it's not. And I have a thing about that is that she doesn't think she's the hero. So she's like, Kylo Ren is the only person who can save us now. If Luke Skywalker won't. Oh, that reminds me about the, uh, the episode that's set before the force awakens where Ray is helping the Tito. I thought that one is very like symbolic of her actions in the last jedi as well because she helps someone that she knows has already harmed her and will probably harm her again but it shows that she's willing to help even that person which to me was very much like when she uh tried to help kylo in the throne room when she said like you know you can when essentially he had the option to join the light side and he didn't. So I wonder whether it's going to end up the same way with Kylo in the, in the next movie in episode nine, where he will kind of, where they'll part and she will have. So at the end of the episode, (laughs) this is my, like, it's kind of a crack theory, but the more I think about it, the more serious I am about it. At the end of the episode, she, uh, get, she gets her, the parts she stole back from the, the Tito and then leaves. And so he's like done his gesture of, he's 
you know, he realizes that he owes her. And then, but then they don't, they don't become allies. They, like, Ray doesn't do that. Like, she goes and she's a scavenger on her own. That's who she's been for, you know, 19 years or however long it's been. So my, my correct theory is that something like that's going to happen at the end of the episode 9 where both Ray and Kylo are going to survive and Kylo is going to do something to show his, like, sort of appreciation for her or that he is not, he no longer treasures the thing he once tried to take by force but now uh but they're also they can't travel together they're too different so they're not gonna like they're not gonna be allies at the end but they're not gonna be enemies either this is mm. this theory is very I dig that no i, I, I like that it Pulse of Destiny encourages this theory as well yes so in 2019 we'll go back and check this episode and see if I was right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I... You know, people were really down on Forces of Destiny when it came out, but it's it's genuinely just it's great. Like it is aimed at children, um, and it's obvious, but it's still just really fun and really cute. And I love seeing characters like Ray and like Sabine and and even Leia, like in their incarnations that you don't really see in the movies as much anymore. Or like with Sabine Hera, like obviously Rebels is over, so we don't see them anymore. And so like I went through and watched the first season as well, and it's just nice seeing everyone again, like Ahsoka and Padme as well. I really appreciate these little snippets in, into these characters in fun little ways that really, they feel like those characters. They're, they're written really well and they're characterized well. And I really appreciate that. You know, the more I see of the, the Jin episodes, I just want more Jin. You know? Oh, same. Like, same. seriously, yeah, of all these. Nice. Like, Her and the Lockcat is like my favorite thing. Yeah, and I love the little back alien that it's super cute you know but yeah I, like every time i watch this i mean i, I love all the characters almost all the star wars characters so it's like whatever but Jin, i really have this like deep love for i just love her so much in rogue one i love her love her love her she's so great this felicity jones just acts her butt off in that movie and just is so good and just i love her character and I just, you know, even these little shorts, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Rebel Rising. I, I thought that for the most part it was okay. But I think there's there's still one really good, like, solid to, like, great episode or, you know, story to tell with Jin before she goes and, and does the, the Rogue One mission. So, you know, when I, when I see this, I'm always like, oh, man, it'd be really cool to have, like, an animated, like, Jin, you know, cartoon. Or I'd I take a film, too, but I'm not sure if that it'd ever do something like that again. But, like, you know, if, it, if but, but, you know, maybe a Jin, you know, cartoon film, something like that with her character. I would love something like that. Like, maybe she, like, goes against some, like, hut gangsters or something like that. Oh, I would love that. Something like that would be so cool. So, you know, I just, yeah, whenever, whenever I see Jen on these things, I'm always like, I miss Jen. I want you more Jen or so. <laughs> it was really refreshing to see her. I hadn't, like, hadn't, like, experienced a Jen story in a while. So, which is weird to say because Rogue One was, like, last year. <laughs> it wasn't that. No, I guess it was. It was two years ago. Yeah, a year and a half. Year yeah, and a half. It was a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. But, so it was like, oh, good, Jin. It was sort of similar to the first Forces of Destiny episode with her. Yes. I would have liked something a bit different, yeah. but it was enjoyable. Yes, yes, totally. I, per, I mean, honestly, I think to me the standout episodes are probably the Luke episode and the Leia episode. Um, for me, those are my favorite. 
Um, the Ray, probably the Ray and the Scavenger one with a Tito, like going attacking him. That's probably my my third favorite. I said, those are my top three. They're really really good. The prequel episodes have, besides the one with with Anakin and and, and Yoda and, and Ahsoka talking, haven't really gravitated towards them as much. I'm not really into those ones for whatever reason. But uh, but no, I I, I like most of Jin stuff. The Lothka episode I liked a lot. But as far as this season, I really like. Yeah, I really like I, I like the those three episodes the most so far. Yeah, the the Clone Wars episode didn't really do anything for me. Like it was fine, but it uh, it, it kind of implied that Ahsoka knew about Anakin and Padme, which was yeah, that weirds me out a bit. Weird, but she did. But she kind of mentions that in um, is it? She mentioned that in the Clone Wars too. She kind of hints at that. Yeah, yeah. I think when she leaves or something, she does kind of hint at it. Yeah, maybe this is how she knew. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> true, I think actually, yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of where. They're kind of showing you. I think what they're trying to say is, okay, let me just back up. So at the very end where she leaves in, in season five, she mentions, she kind of hints at Padme, but you don't really know if she knows or not. It's it's kind of ambiguous on purpose, right? But I think now with the, the Forces of Destiny episode, I think it was always. I think this pretty much confirms that yes, yeah, she did know, and that's what she was hinting at at the very end of um, season five. Wow, Forces of Disney changing the Star Wars paradigm. Well, it did with Leia too <laughs> and Maz. So I mean, it, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Actually, it's a good point. Yeah, these these episodes actually have quite a lot of um power over the series itself if you watch them. Yeah, they're. I like that they're simple, but they can be. They have that epic scope of Star Wars, and they really get into the characters, so they can be analyzed just like anything else. And I think even just talking about them like this shows that they can be, they reflect on larger themes of the series and they show these heroes doing what they do, you know, being heroic, whether that's Jin is helping other people out or, um, well, he's also Ahsoka's uh, helping other people out, but I was going to say she's kind of crashing the party. Um, or, <laughs> Third wheel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or uh, or like still learning to trust his to trust the force, right? And Luke consistently whining. He whined a lot in this episode. Yeah, I um, I still really love the episode. I think it's season one where Padme's throwing like some party for some diplomats or something, and the handmaiden puts utensils down to insult them. And, like, so her plan A was to insult these people with utensils on the table. And her plan B was to shoot Padme. Oh, man. <laughs> like, that's a well-thought reply. I love that episode because it's just so silly. But, yeah. No, I really, really enjoy this show. Are we getting more of it? Do we know? I don't, know. I don't believe there have been any confirmation that, that there is. Um, I'd be interested to see the views on it compared to either disney's other youtube series or the first season but i don't know it, yeah i, I was to be honest i didn't think we we're gonna get this i was kind of surprised like it just kind of dropped out of nowhere and i'm like oh okay i guess we're getting forces of destiny cartoons that's cool and i'm like oh luke's in this one that's pretty cool so yeah i i wonder if get any solo based ones after solo comes out that, that's possible there's a few girls in there sure, i would love yeah. oh my god elite based Force of the Disney episode would be my favorite thing. Uh, who? Yes. <laughs> the the robot Leet. Oh, Solo. yeah. I always think, okay. Isn't it L3? Isn't that the name they, they the short name yeah, for? Yeah, it's L337. It's Leet. I'll, I'll just call her L3. Thank you very much. Fine. <laughs> right, her name is going to be Leet for me no matter what they call her in the movie. That's her name now. No, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I, I that'd be cool. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, the Forces of Destiny line has been so interesting. It's just kind of, again, this is coming from the the consumer, the consumer in me. You know, for someone who who does spend money on action figures, and I really wanted to buy some of the dolls, to be honest, for myself. And I'll be honest as well; they're really expensive, and I don't know. It's so expensive. They're, yeah, they're... as much as I want to support it by talking about it, I haven't bought anything well i've bought the comics i support them that way and the comics have been up and down did i no i bought the Hera and leia comic that's true yeah the comics haven't been terrible my favorite is still the first the first one i loved i loved that first issue a ton with leia and hoth um but they've been the art's been kind of questionable sometimes they haven't been super great but um, no, I'm still supporting the line. I, you know, I like I like what they're trying to do. I mean, any more Star Wars is good for me. And I think this has been it was a really, <laughs> I think it's a really good idea what they're doing. The problem is, I think just having it realistic, you know, being realistic about it too, being like, oh hey, let's spend thirty five dollars on this, you know, Leia doll with that comes with Wicket. Hey, I'd do that. But at the same time, I don't even have kids yet, and. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to spend 35 bucks on this Leia doll. It does come that with Wicket. It comes with Wicket, but, uh, you know, I mean, it even. Yeah, I wish I wish they were a bit cheaper as well so that, you know, kids who like the show can actually have the dolls. Like yeah. more kids. Because obviously there will be kids that have parents that have money, but not all kids have parents that have money. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. So I support this show by giving them lots of views on YouTube because I love watching these episodes. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the thing, though, too. You bring up a great point is like. You know, they could have – it feels like they could have done something, maybe make them smaller or something to really try to, you know, really get people or families into, you know, buying into the brand. And it just seems like going the traditional doll route was kind of maybe the wrong idea. Like, it's a great idea in, in theory, but I just don't know. I guess they underestimated the fact that, I mean, maybe how many people really wanted to buy them. Because I see them on sale all the time now, and I, I, they haven't moved them as much. I think having competitive pricing with other things would have been better. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the thing is that, like, young girls do love dolls. It's, it's a true thing. And I... At least for my generation of young girls in my area of life, we, we <laughs> loved our dolls a lot. Um, but like a, a doll that expensive, like none of my friends would have bought that because it's expensive. And it being Star Wars wouldn't have encouraged us to buy it. Well, it would have encouraged me to buy it more. But nobody else in my friend group would have been like, oh, it's a Leia. So I'll spend like 20 more dollars on it. That's not really a thing that kids do. So if I think we're being frank about dolls. I would have had zero of the heroes and four or seven loth cats yeah honestly (laughs) i would have had like 20 layers like the same layer and then like four loth cats as well i think wait did she come does leia come with a loth cat no i don't think so i just like stuffed animals more than dolls no no and that's and that's the thing it's kind of weird is like i'm trying to think like because some i'm even like the the ones that didn't have the second accessory like that like a leia came with r2d2 and and or there are two there are two different layers. One came with RTD two, one came with Wicket. And then like thinking about like the ones that didn't come with anything, like like the Sabine one, they're all like they're all a little bit even more expensive than like the the Black Series figures. The Black Series figures are still twenty dollars, but you know the dolls were you know still a little even more expensive than that. I'm like, yeah, I mean like if you're talking about the, the Star Wars consumer, uh, just for me, it's like. 
you know, the black series is, is where my, my passion is. And it's just, you know, if the, again, if the forces of destiny was a little bit cheaper, I may have invested in that, but it's like, ugh. and I almost feel like they almost got, they were competing with themselves for the star Wars consumer. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? So hmm. it, it, cause, it, cause you know, it's like, well, do I want to buy this, 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 these dolls, or do I want to buy, you know, these other last Jedi products that are coming out, whether it be the Legos or, you know, and, and I don't know, like, I, it's just, I don't know where the line kind of went wrong. I feel like, like you said, Saf, like maybe doing something differently with the pricing and, and trying to, you know, really push the line a little differently would be, would have been a better thing. And maybe they'll, they'll, maybe they'll, the line will get better. I don't know if it's still going, I'm not sure if they're going to continue it. And that's kind of, I guess, maybe what we're talking about with a season three or a volume two of season two or whatever, but you know, I, 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 for one, hope that they, they, they keep this line, this brand going because I think it's a good idea. I think it's good to spotlight these characters. I love all these characters. Well, most of them. Yeah, and I, really love the, I really love the idea of talking to like younger female fans who yes. do enjoy this kind of stuff because this is like people were like, oh, but kids like mature things too, and kids like properly, like, you know, full on detailed animation. I'm like, that's not what they get though this is what exactly. they get and this is what mm-hmm. they enjoy they are still children and this is for quite young children um and i appreciate that star wars is kind of reaching down to them on their terms rather than expecting them to come up to what we have like rebels is cool but it would still be too much for my nephew um i actually really want to get him into forces of destiny because i think he might like that uh and i really really like what forces of destiny is doing and i really hope they continue it because for one thing i want to see the solo characters in it now that i've thought about it but also just because it's a good way to kind of reach out for more inclusivity in the fandom as we grow up more. Totally. That's a good question. Like what, who else do you want to see on forces of destiny? And I would definitely like to see Leet and Val. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, the thing is I also want a forces of destiny for villains like a rogues gallery where we can have young Phasma oh and Ventress and stuff but that's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah what about you, Paul? you like I mentioned see? what oh sorry no I was just gonna say I mentioned two whole heroes before I just wanted to see villains <laughs> yeah <laughs> you did good you did good who, who, Paul, who do you want to see in, is more is more of or in addition to um oof. uh both Okay, so oh, that's a good one. I I like anything with Ray. I had this idea that was kind of like it was kind of a joke, but kind of not a joke. Was uh, an episode where it focused on Ray and Kylo Ren on the on the Snoke ship, the Supremacy, when she gets when she uh, you know <laughs> flies in, and they have a little mini adventure on the way like to the elevator. You know, like a little side a little side adventure, like maybe like that a, would be real cool. Yeah, yeah. Like they just kinda have a little like a little moment, you know, like where they have like they're not like all brooding with around each other, but it's actually like a, a light moment, like maybe like a, a creature gets loose on the on the bridge and they, they have to chase it down a together. Droid. Yeah, something like that where like ah, it's like Kyle Ryan getting all upset and Ray's being like, Ben, settle down. He's like, oh, okay. You know, something like that. <laughs> That'd be kinda I, I mean, I'm I'm joking, but I'm kinda serious at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see that personally. Anything with Ray, I would love to see more of. So, yeah, give me give me more Ray. Um, as far as new characters, um, oh, that's where my dog's barking. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm just trying to think like off the top of my head, like who I'd want to see. Maybe Doctor Afra. 
I mean, maybe. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, like maybe like, you know, give her a give her a voice and, you know, or even item Versio. That'd be kind of cool. Like get get a little more deep cut yeah. in there. I mean, oh, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, Ray Sloan. Ray Sloan. Oh, Ray Sloan. There you go. Like get get some deep cuts in there. Like that'd be co- really cool because I'll be honest, I'm really not liking a Dr. Afro comic. So getting her out of that, that kind of thing would be good for me. So I feel like the problem with um, Invisio would be the problem of potentially encouraging these young girls to play this kind of mature game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess there's kind of a problem conflict there with Battlefront. Well, I mean, yeah. but but at the same time, you're encouraging girls to, I guess, watch like violent movies. I guess too in general, because Rogue One is the not. The movies in- are a little less, a little less. I mean, Rogue One, yeah, that's actually a good point. But the yeah. movie is still a little less uh, violent than. I wouldn't. I, I'd say Rogue, yeah, because Jin Erso is you know one of the main heroes in this, and she's in. They have no problem. I don't know. I I don't think it's that bad. I think it's. I don't know because because to me, I just remember a very particular scene in battlefront too that i'm just like i don't want young children to be watching this well th- think about this way would they would they hold back for boys if it was a boy character because think about all the boys i would not want my nephew playing that either well right no no but i can't see boys getting like Adele and hask no no, no like no. if they had a similar well i guess what i'm trying to say is like if i feel like maybe i'm wrong but i feel like boys would if it was a boy characters maybe they would be like oh boys will be boys will be violent let them have it that's what i almost feel like it'd be like like you know if it was a boy character no you don't I think, think so i think even boys wouldn't get like Iden Verzio and those characters from battlefront 2 and they think because it is more mature and like it's not a good look to be advertising games with guns to kids that young <laughs> Well, I mean, because it's kind of a hot topic. Yeah, that that is that moment. is true. That is true. So, <laughs> if you take Item Versio out, I would say definitely Doctor Afra. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. That'd be that because she's such a like a funny character and very you know very I mean, talkative I character. Would, that's it. I would love to see Aiden and um ah oh, what's his name, the blue dude. Oh, um, uh, not Jed. What's his name? Um. <laughs> It's not no. It's like some. It's like three letters like that, isn't it? Like yeah. De- or Dev. Is Maybe it Dev? Is it Dev? No, it's not Dev. Shiv. 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 Oh, four letters. Excuse me. Okay. Shiv. Shiv. I would love to see Aiden and Shiv and the little bot, Dio, together in a short of Falls of Destiny. Like, that's it. I would love to see that. That'd be kind of cool. I could see that. I can dream. Yeah. Actually, no. I Let me let me back up. Sana Staros. I would love to see her in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. I love Sana. I love Sauna. Like, I think she needs her own comic series. I have an idea. Why don't we cancel Dr. Oh. Aphra and put Sauna Staros in her own series? I have another one. Shakti. Yes. Isn't it yes. Shakti? Mm, I maintain that it can be pronounced both ways. So you, you, Star you, Wars. you pronounce, sure. you pronounce Star Wars. it like it's the basketball player. Shakti. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know it's Han, Han, it doesn't matter. Shock, Shack, whatever. Now I'm trying to think of whether they ever said her name in, in like, Attack of the Clones or something. In the deleted scenes. They, they... Surely they said it in the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. It, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Shock T. But maybe I'm wrong. I do know she's in, in the, the, the deleted scenes for episode three. That if you want yeah, to. Yeah, and then she dies. Yeah. Because she has that really dramatic death and that really dramatic confrontation with Grievous. God, yeah. I love that deleted scene. <laughs> 
that was oh man there was a lot going on there okay that's that's it i want a shakti and grievous episode of forces of oh dude that'd be so <laughs> rad chasing a loth cat or something chasing grievous chasing a loth cat she's like yes. oh, another loth cat for my collection and then and then, and then like shakti's like four arms how did you yeah. miss and then shakti's like no you know yeah <laughs> All right, with these hopes the future. I'm a writer, man. They should even hire me. What are you guys doing? Seriously. I've been making you guys money. I've been printing it off for you. <laughs> okay, with these plans of the future that we have that are amazing and should totally happen, are there any final things that we want to talk about before ending this episode? Mm, no, as always, we live in hope for more Star Wars books. Um, Thrawn Alliances is, I believe it's out in, oh, I had the tab open and now it's not open anymore. So it's out in the summer. Yeah, I, I want. Um, I don't know. I, I just really want to talk about Darth Vader on a future episode of, of Blaster Cannon comic books that I've been ranting, oh, we'll there. ranting and raving about for a long time, and I just want you ladies to read it so damn bad because I'm tired of not talking about it. <laughs> so perhaps next month. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk. This there was that reveal recently that, that we talk about when we're off air. Ah, gotcha. I see. Okay, well, with that, you can find us on Twitter at Blaster Cannon Pod. You can find us at Den of Geek. We are on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. You should subscribe to us and leave us a nice review and rating because we love you all. Yes. Uh, Paul, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Uh, I've been recently going to uh, my other podcast, Marvel Marvel Newscast, uh, is uh, that's on Twitter. We're going through all the Marvel films and doing lots and lots and lots of podcasting. So there's, we're doing all the review, we're doing retrospectives of all the seventeen or whatever you know Marvel films we, there that are out, and we're, we're leading up to Infinity War. It comes out this month. Very excited. So check us out there. Dang, it does. Yes, it does. That's some impressive podcasting. All right, Megan, where can people find you online? People can find me at blogfulofwords.blogspot.com as well as on Twitter at blogfulofwords. Uh, at my website, you can find links to my starwars.com work, uh, to my Den of Geek work, as well as to a couple of the narrative games that I've written. That's so good. Thank you. I still... You can tell there was a question mark at the end of my inflection. <laughs> I uh, hope they're good. And also, I recently started doing, or rather, did produced a book review for Den of Geeks. And my latest article is about the novel Before Mars by Emma Newman, which is coming out later this month and is excellent. You should read it. The novel, not the review, although maybe also that. <laughs> Definitely also that. You can find me on Twitter at WandaLustin, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T-I-N. You can also find me at NotSafeWork.com, where my own podcast network is, and also at ToshiStation.net, where I do Western Reaches, a podcast with Megan. And yes, I think that's us for now. We'll be back next month with more Star Wars. Thank you to everybody who has been listening to us and giving us nice comments about the show. We love you all so much, and you keep us going. Yes. Also, thank you, Jen of Geek, for hosting this podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye.
Okay. It might be a good idea, yeah. This is an avant-garde podcast. Now one of our hosts will That's, be invisible. I actually really like that <laughs> idea. Can we do an avant-garde podcast sometime? That'd be <laughs> pretty amazing. I mean, I just talk in squeaks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.